The following podcast is brought to you by Marks with Mikes. I have no problem calling people Marks. No, no, it's just, don't tell me! Mark. Don't tell me! Mamma mia! Mamma mia! Are you kidding me? Mark is. Mark is. Just got put through the table! Some Mark is trick just stepped on my sneaker. Oh my God! Welcome to the Marks with Mike's podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Six Foot Nine, Ryan Mack, and Dre the Juice Man. Everybody to the Marks with Mike's podcast. I am your host, Mr. Six Foot Nine, and there is no Dre the Juice Man, and there is no Mr. Always Down to Do a Podcast, Mr. Ryan Mack. No, Mr. Six Foot Nine is riding solo on episode number 60. And with that being said, we've been talking about it on Twitter, Instagram, the Book of Faces, as I like to call it. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while. You all seen the promo video. Our guest today is no other than Mr. One Night Stand himself, the king of the One Night Stand himself. Jock Sampson, how's it going, buddy? Hey, man, how's things going with you? I'm doing well. Oh, everything is uh, peachy over here in uh, Cleveland, uh, just uh, laying back. We got some sunshine, which is kind of uh, rare inside Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, yeah, sure. It's like uh, we're down here. It's about 65 degrees down here in southern Ohio. You know, I just bought a brand new truck and I and, uh, had the windows down. I had my uh, Hank Williams Jr. rolling on the radio. I was having a good time. Well, goddamn, shoot, uh, if, we, if we can switch real quick, we're over here at a 45-degree temperature, so we're about 20 degrees lower, but uh, hell, I'll, I'll definitely take that 65 any day. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, you get you get quite used to 65 after after an entire winter, so. <laughs> I hear you on that, but enough about the weather. Uh, my audience is just dying to know more about you, so let's go ahead and get into the swing of things. When did you get started into this profession that we like to call professional wrestling? Well, I've been wrestling for about 15 years now. My 15th year, actually, I'm 14 years now. My 15th year starts on October 30th of this year. I was, uh, um, got over about, I've got over 1,200 wrestling matches uh, <clears throat> from anywhere from, you know, West by God, Virginia to uh, Ottawa, Ontario. You know, been all over the place. Uh, was trained by a fellow by the name of Brian Logan in uh, Southern West Virginia. So about be fifteen years coming up here soon. Damn, fifteen years in. Most most people came and said they did two years at a steady job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> so so with that being said, man, what what was it that grasped you into? The, the art form of professional wrestling, I mean, no one wakes up one day and says, you know what, I'm just going to be a wrestler. It has to be something that, that got your attention and said, I'm going to do this. Now, I know this is going to sound like a cliche answer, and for the most part, it, it's all going to be about the same. You know, I, you know, I've been a big wrestling fan since I was a little boy. You know, uh, ever since I saw the cover photo of WrestleMania three in the VHS section, you had to remember. You remember you had to go to the store, the video store, get the VHS. You know, to, just to go watch. Because I had to wait two months after like WrestleMania 
to get it, but I saw the cover of Andre the Giant and Hawk Hogan in WrestleMania 3. My God. Now, you said VHS. Some of my listeners, uh, for you younger folks, VHS is a form of uh, a video where you can put it inside a machine and you press the play button. Now, unlike DVDs and streaming, you had to sit there and rewind and you had to literally watch it as it rewind. And sometimes mm-hmm. you wouldn't get it right on the right spot. Now, I definitely remember those days, Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, uh, things of that sort. Uh, so, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, classic WrestleMania, classic WrestleMania 3. I I myself would never forget it because my my dad himself actually uh, bought bought the cassette tape. And uh, I don't know where it is still to this day, but I remember we played the hell out of that shit. Well, you know, I mean, growing, a kid, growing up a kid in the 1980s, there is no bigger star in, in, in the wrestling world than, than Hulk Hogan. Uh, bigger than life human being. You know, he was like six foot nine, 303 pounds, uh, had charisma for days. You know, big, strong, burly looking fella. Just uh, to me, when I saw him, he just completely captivated me to where I eight, nine years old saying, I want to be a pro wrestler. You know, I want to be Hulk Hogan. You know, I wanted to be Roddy Piper. I want to be Randy Savage. You know, I wanted to be all those guys. I, you know, all the larger in life. Believe it or not, I always wanted to be Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> oh, Jim Duggan. Oh. You know, and I always wanted to be them. You know, and I was more of a WWF guy, even though I watched all the NWA and whatnot, a 605 on Saturday nights. I watched them all, but I was more of a WWF guy because when I was a kid, man, there was nothing cooler. You had a, you had a hillbilly, you had a cop. We had a native American, you know, we had the giant Frenchman, you know, like, and then you had Bret Hart, which I don't even know what the hell his gimmick was, but you had him. Well, well, Bret Hart <laughs> was supposedly supposed to be a, a hitman. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the coolest looking hitman I've ever seen. Usually, hitmans are a little bit more discreet. I mean, this guy had the black and pink going on. I mean, he just you just knew that if he came out to the ring, you were going to get sniped or executed, as he is the excellence of execution. Absolutely. Now, you know, you, you mentioned that the WWF at the time had a cop. Uh, they also had a Native American. Uh, they had a hillbilly. It sounded like the WWF was uh, basically putting the village people right there on TV. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> minus minus the YMCA song. Uh, so w, WWF and, of course, NWA back in the day were, were big. And I, I remember uh, very, very uh, faintly just remember those days uh, switching from the TBS Superstation and then uh, switching on to USA, uh, just just to watch watch these programs. Now, mm-hmm. me personally, myself being being a big kid, growing up in South Florida, uh, not gonna lie to you, our our big thing back then was WCW. Sure. Now, w- when it came to WCW and WWF, what w- was it a was it a struggle for you to to pick one when it came time to watch one because. I know for me, it was flipping back and forth, back and forth. 
Oh, gosh, no, man. I'm telling you, the more wrestling, the better. I could not get enough of it. You know, I used to put my VHS tape on there. And I would put, I'd tape it. This was, you remember how you had to get little, little, little chip in the corner. If someone took it off, you, the, it was done. You couldn't record anymore. I would just use the same tape for WC for NWA, and then, and then I would uh, retape every week. And I wish I would have just kept one tape and then just taped everything. But I would just tape it, and then I would watch it all week, and I'd watch both of them. Oh yeah. So the more the merrier. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, what? With that being said, uh, now you mentioned there was no bigger star in the '80s. I mean, a lot of people would probably would probably have to, you know, check you on that one because to me, the bigger star was Ric Flair because Ric Flair was was the guy. He was the man. Every guy wanted to be him. Uh, down down to movie stars, athletes, rappers. Uh, rock star, singer. I mean, I, I was just watching Ric Flair's uh, birthday celebration, and this guy had people from all walks of life who wanted to be him. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm six foot nine, and I wanted to be Ric Flair as big <laughs> as, as big as I am. I mean, no, no, nobody to me uh, sold like Ric Flair. I mean, Ric Flair was the ultimate seller. Now. When it comes when it comes down the, to the debate of Ric Flair and Hogan, far as far as far as the business goes, of course Hogan elevated elevated it to a new level. But me personally, in my opinion, I think Flair name has more weight to it. Would you agree to that? Well, you got to look at the times too, because people still bought in the wrestling as being, you know, real like a legit thing. Um, Flair was always a heel and Hogan was always a baby face. You remember Hogan in the eighties was fresh off doing stuff with Cindy Lauper and Mr. T, you know, granted Ric Flair was amazing. And I thought Ric Flair was a more of a regional kind of star in the 1980s. Cause he was the King of the South and he was a King of uh, NWA. He's, he's got the reign NWA and it not to say anything bad, but you could go anywhere in the world, and you probably still could do this today, and say the name. All right, oh, this is actually a better analogy. People that know nothing about wrestling that I know, they say, oh, you do that pro wrestling stuff? And they say, are you on a team? And I say, no, the stuff Hawk Hogan does. <laughs> because that's the only name you know, anybody who doesn't like wrestling. Like people that don't like wrestling know who Hawk Hogan is. Yeah, that's that. You know that that's true. Like I, I remember, uh, for me and my older brother, we used to uh, we used to play wrestling inside the backyard. And uh, I, I told I told part of this story on the podcast before. But man, my my mom was a softball player. And I used to take her take her uh, her mitt, her uh, her glove, and I used to put a leather belt through the glove, and I would weigh it around my waist. Like I was the, <laughs> the heavyweight champion. Now during that time, I would be Hulk Hogan, and my older brother would be Andre the Giant. Only, only because you know he's taller. Well, he was taller. He's taller and, than uh, you. Well, no, 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 not not anymore. My my older brother actually turned out to be six foot three. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually outgrew him, and uh, uh, every uh, every time I go see him, 
he, he always introduced to me as his his uh, big little brother, which is uh, uh, which is funny to me. Uh, yes. But with with that being said, far as far as the bait of Hogan and Flair is is going, uh, we have we have the Hall of Fame coming up, and uh, Ric Flair right now is well. As of now, he's the only two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, you have DX uh, that went into Hall of Fame, and also the Hart Foundation, minus Davy Boy, uh, minus Brian Pillman, and minus Owen Hart. Uh, I had a little, I had a little beef with WWE about that. Now, to me, I believe that the NWO should have went into the Hall of Fame before DX. That's just my personal opinion. I agree with you on that. Because if there was no NWO, there would be no DX. And that's just what it is. The thing is, is they're waiting. I mean, with, with all the drama with Hawk Hogan over the years and just letting him back, they have to wait a few years on that for everything to die down. Because could you imagine them putting him in there this year? Oh, with everything's I mean, real bright and still fresh in everyone's mind. I mean, I get it. I get why they're they're not doing it, but I completely agree with you. Like, if Flair's a two-time Hall of Famer, Hulk Hogan should be a two-time Hall of Famer. Exactly. I, say what you want about him personally or anything. I Like I tell people, Terry Balea was the one that said all that stuff. Exactly. Was the guy on TV. I've never interacted with him in my entire life. So the character Hulk Hogan deserves to be a two-time Hall of Famer. You know, is you know what I I I definitely agree with that. There there are some other names that should go into the Hall of Fame that probably won't because of things that's happened in their personal life. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of one of the names that gets thrown out there all the time is Benoit. Mm-hmm. But of course, of what everything that happened, uh, you know, they they won't put him in there. But far as from a far far as from a uh, far as from a wrestling standpoint. And, and the guy's legacy, I mean, you have to put him in some type of Hall of Fame, but that name itself kind of kind of messes everything up. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do bad in this world. And I mean, a lot of bad things that, you know, murder, you know, uh, bigotry, whatever, you name it. But the moment you kill your kid, it makes yeah. it awful hard to, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Chris Benoit, fantastic, one of the greatest ten-ring wrestlers of all time. It's just, like, I wouldn't want nothing to do with that. Like, how do you defend someone like that, you know, especially when you didn't know him personally? Correct. Like, none of us know him. Like, I can understand his close friends defending him, but once you kill a kid, I mean, there's really no coming back. Like, you, you kill a kid or molest a kid or something, something in those lines, I'm not saying he did, but that's where it would be, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's where that, that's where the that's where the line is pretty much drawn right there. I mean, I, I, unfortunate what happened. Uh, well, I'm gonna say allegedly what happened because I wasn't there. Nobody was there. We're just going off based off of what the CSI detectives put together. Uh, the thing is, is until you know, that's what they say. I mean, it's the only thing we're going to have to. Like I've heard people said, Kevin Sullivan you know, did it. And I'm telling you, like, the fact that people believe that will believe the fact that Kevin Sullivan was great at his job of being a pro wrestler. 
because they're buying into the fact that like he's a devil worshiper. And I know Kevin Sullivan. It couldn't have been a nicer, sweeter guy in the in the world. <laughs> you know, quiet, <laughs> soft-spoken. You know, Catholic. Some people would say that's on the same line, but that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I definitely, definitely agree with that. But I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit too far, far off my, my line of questionings here. Yeah, but right, we'll right. But we'll, we'll definitely go back to, to, to more and more of the, uh, the, the Hall of Fame questions and things of that sort. So, so you go, you go through your training. Mm-hmm. What, what school was this that you trained at? Well, it really wasn't a school. It was uh, the guy who trained me was named Brian Logan. Brian Logan was in the Disciples of Sin at OVW. He was in the uh, tag team that Cornette's wife managed. And the one had Batista in the group. And whatnot. So Brian never had a training school per se by name. He would just get a group of guys and then we would just go to wherever and, you know, and train wherever we could. You know, Brian was trained to Smoky Mountain back in the, the early 90s. Wow. So we, you know, very, very good, very hard. He, he brought us in the right way the hard way, you know, taught me psychology, didn't put that much emphasis on the moves, even though the moves were important. He wanted to teach us the business per se of, of how to tell story ring psychology. And we had to do numerous amounts of air squads. Like, uh, it was, it wasn't hard. It wasn't easy to do, Hmm. you know, like a lot of guys today, it's, a lot easier to get in the wrestling business. Like we had 16 guys in our group and I'm the last one left. Hey, that tells you anything. I'm the last, well, there's another guy, but he, he does shows here or there. He doesn't wrestle all the time, but I'm really the last one that wrestles all the time that's left. So it was real hard, man. We got trained in West Virginia, putting up crappy old crappy, awful rings driving out in some butt crack holler down in little towns called man west virginia where you know all you breathe is cold dust just awful towns but it makes me respect what i got now and oh yeah. i am today you know but uh yeah i still remember that still remember everything i went through and it's a very, very humbling experience, especially going through everything that you went through. Uh, now, explain to me, if you could, what was your first bump like? Um, Scary. <laughs> I mean, the thought of it scares you. It's not a natural movement, of course. Um, you just, uh, I did the whole thing where I leaned on the ropes and I just had to trust myself to have the courage to fall back. So it hurt like hell. It hurt worse than, than any other bump I've ever had, but man, it was scary as hell. You know, more, you know, I hit my head on the ring. (laughs) Stupid. Cause I, you know, even though he told me to tuck my chin, I didn't know how to tuck my chin. (laughs) and that 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 to me is uh it is the the craziest part because for anyone who's just getting into the to the wrestling business 
uh, that that bump, like you said, it is a scary thing. I mean, I did uh, I did my first bump here about three. I, I want to say uh, what two two and a half, almost three months ago, and I could tell you uh, that they, they told my big ass. They said, "All right, fall back." Tuck, tuck your chin, spread, spread out your wings, and uh, just fall back and trust yourself. First of all, I don't trust myself as far as I can see myself. So with that being said, if I don't see where I'm landing, like physically, visually see where I'm landing, automatically when I fall down, my my natural my natural instinct is to is to protect myself and fall down in slow motion. Uh, but uh, the, the trainer. The trainer I had was like, nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. And after probably about 20 bumps, I think I finally got it right. And uh, you talk about whiplash. I had a headache probably pro- probably the size of Colorado by, by the time I, I was finished with those bumps. Now, with that being said, uh, you, you take your first bump. And uh, it's the scariest moment of your life and it's the worst bump that you've ever taken. What was your first match like? Rotten. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember who I wrestled. Um I know I won by accident. But when you say by by accident, what was that the ref screw up or what happened? No, what it was is I I, I rolled through a crossbody. Like a regular old crossbody. And uh, I roll through, and I hook the leg, and they just didn't kick out and forgot. Totally botched the finish there. Completely blew it. I don't even remember who in the hell I worked. You know what I mean? I was in some crappy town. Like, I should have kept track and kept notes of everything that I've ever done, you know? But uh, they roll. I rolled through, and, and uh, of course, they were mad at the ref. But the ref's like, you didn't kick out. What do you want me to do? <laughs> when I'm supposed to stop counting and in the middle of it, we got to sell this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and I didn't know what to do. And I'm going looking around. You know, I won my first match because I was supposed to lose. You're supposed to lose your first, lose your last. And I'm looking around and I, I don't know what to do. Ref's like, raise your hands, dumbass. And I was like, <laughs> I just put my hands up in the air. I didn't know. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. Now, Not too many people can say they won their first match by accident. Now, it's a very short list, man, and you're definitely on it. Uh, <laughs> with, with, with that being said, now, your first your first title win, what was that moment like? Um, Wow, Jesus, I got to actually think about this. My first title win... You know, to be honest, I've never been a person who has been hung up on on championship belts. I'm actually had to think back who my first one was, and I can't even remember my first one. I've never been the kind of guy who ever really cares about championship belts. You know, because I didn't really look at it like I didn't really beat anybody. I'm told to win. I'm told to to beat somebody. You know, the boss told me to win or the boss told me to lose. So I never, I appreciated when people put belts on me because they they value me. 
you know, but I've never took it to the point to where like it was, you know, well, someone booked this this way. Uh, you know, I'm not going to take myself that serious. Like there's nothing worse than, than a pro wrestler walk around like he's a badass when someone told him to win. So I guess I've never really taken the belts. I've, I appreciate them. There's a place for them, but I've never, I've never got gooey. I was more excited about like, you know, getting my first big payday. Oh yeah. Because for the first three, four or four years, you work for dog shit. You work for, we always call it a hot dog and a handshake. Yep. I've heard that analogy. Yeah. You work for nothing, you know, and if, and there's a lot of guys in wrestling are content to still work for nothing, but there is nothing better than a guy walking up to you and giving you enough money for gasoline, food, and, and a 12 pack of beer. The first time I was able to get that after a show, you know, to where I didn't lose money <laughs> on that trip. And that's the thing about it. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the the younger guys and some some of the guys who are still wrestling for a hot dog and a handshake, uh, they end up losing money based off the travel and, and things that things of that sort. It's almost like for for the outsiders who don't understand the business, well, why would you continue to do that? I mean, wh- which one comes first, the hot dog or the handshake? You know? Well, if you ask a promoter, the, the handshake would come first because they don't want to have to pay. They don't want to have to, to, to budget out that hot dog that they're going to give you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, to be honest with you, though, those first three, four years where I struggled and I suffered and um, – I learned so much about the wrestling business. I learned so much about Jock Sampson. Um, that's where you appreciate wrestling. Like I was, you know, in, in, in debt, like you would not believe when I was coming up that way. I'm sure you probably could, you know, a lot of folks, we all struggle. The fact that I, I kept saying like, I'm not going to waste all the time I trained and quit. You know, I'm going to make it through this. If I have to get a second job for a while, I'll do that, which I did, you know, and then I kept and I said, well, I'm going to be the best I can be during, you know, and I'm the kind of the guy who always has a major chip on his shoulder. You know, damn you, you're not going to tell me I ain't going to do something. No, you think I suck? Okay, well, I'll prove this shit to you. Or you don't think I can do it? Kiss my ass. It's done. So I'd always have that drive and them three, four years where I struggled. That's always my fuel. I'm always thinking about how fortunate I am now to being able to do it. So that first payday, that first big payday. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. I'm very passionate about wrestling, but I'm a realist. If you don't, if you don't make money, it's, you know, if you're not getting paid, it's not work. No, you're right. It's volunteer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's the thing. I mean, I don't mind volunteering for causes, but if I want to put my body through, through hell every match, I gotta, you know, I, I gotta be able to walk away with something. I mean, it, it, I, I, I can't leave empty handed. And I, uh, 
and that, that's the that's that's the whole thing. The whole thing about it. Now, you've wrestled in many promotions, and I can name off a few offhand. Uh, you, you got I, IWC. Uh, you also you also have uh, of course AIW. Uh, you have Real Shoot Wrestling, which will be down here uh, for the Battle of Cleveland, April twelfth, I believe, and April thirteenth. And you're going to be fighting uh, in a match against the RSW uh, champion Andrew Palace. Mm-hmm. Now, have you have you had many bouts with Andrew? Well, I don't know if anyone's ever followed on, on the Twitter thing, the Twitter gimmick there, that uh, me and Andy Palace uh, don't get along, never will get along, just don't like each other. We are two different people. I'm right wing, he's left wing. You know, uh, we had a big, we had a big long feud at IWC that lasted over six, seven, eight months to where we, we had a, you know, had a big blow off match in a bull rope match. Our last match was in a bull rope. So, and Andy wasn't able to pin me. He touched the four corners first. Andy's never been able to pin me. He knows he can't beat me that way. He can't beat me with a three count. There's no way in hell he's ever going to be able to do that because I have find a way to make a wrestling match a fight and I'm going to beat Andy's ass. I think he's a piece of shit. I, and I definitely concur with, with you when it does come come down to never being pinned. I mean, anyone anyone can win any other type of stipulation besides the the basic uh, basic rules to the game. I mean, still cage match. Hey, if I climb out the cage first, I win. Well, guess what? You didn't pin me. You you didn't make me tap. Uh, so basically, in my eyes, that win was just a gimmick win. But until, until you can actually pin me to the mat, one two three. The question still relies, can you actually beat me? And that question's been answered so far. He hasn't been able to beat you at all, not once. And you're saying, ah, ah, not going to happen. Never going to happen. I'll be damned if he if he pins me. There's not a guy, let's just face it, there's not a guy on the RSW roster that can pin me clean. Oh, I like that. I like those fighting words. I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't know. You're going to have to kill me, knock. You're going to have to hit me in the head with a baseball bat. Nobody can hit a, hit a move on me and beat me for three seconds. Nobody. Damn it, man. Now, I'm taking that to the bank, and I'm cashing it, and I'm actually going to put my money on you on this one. Uh, so I'm putting my money on you, and I'm putting my money on you to walk out the new RSW champion. So that's that's already uh, put down there. Now, far as far as with AIW, I, I, I just seen a promo that the Duke just cut, and he was talking about uh, the AIW show doing WrestleMania weekend, uh, the, the Slumber Party. And he was saying how you wasn't booked for it. What's going on with that? You know, uh, to be honest, you know, I, AIW must feel like I needed some time off. Um, I would just went out to be, to be fair, you know, I've been wrestling hard for how long over six months. I need a week off to recuperate. I'm not real happy about it because the way IW went about it, they didn't tell me they told Duke. I would rather them tell me they didn't need me, but that's fine. I'll stay at home with my wife and kid. I'll get drunk as hell 
and I can get ready for Andy Pallister very next week. Yeah. No, that's right. Hell, I don't mind getting drunk, so I'm with you on that. Hell, I may have to drive down with you to get some of that moonshine. I'll get you some of that. I'll get you some of that good old peach moonshine. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, uh, with, with that being said, uh, now, you have the championship title match coming up. I just watched a clip of you where you had a match. I believe you, you faced Sonny Kiss, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched that match. And, uh, and this, this is a, another question that, that I had. Now, of course, the wrestling world has their panties in a bunch right now with, with the, new, the new promotion of AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Everyone's buzzing. They're, they're going crazy about it. If, if someone says they're unhappy on Twitter, that's an impact or uh, Ring of Honor or WWE. The first thing that pops up is, hey, they're going to AEW. Oh, they're going to AEW. And my thing is, I've always said this ever since ever since the announcement was made, and it, people people may look at me as throwing shade. This is just me being a legitimate, uh, honest person here. I say this, and you can you can tell me if I'm wrong with me saying this. The hype, it's good hype, but it's I think it's going to overhype itself because the the thing is about it is. There's no, there hasn't been one match. There's no TV deal that we know about. I don't even know what the ring looked like. Is it going to be a four-sided ring? Is it going to be a six-sided ring? Uh, what's the what's the stage? Who, who's the commentary? Who's the referees? Who's the cameraman? Like, I don't know anything about promotion, but what they tell me on social media. Yes. Now, do you think the fans are kind of overhyping it? Or, or... Do you think that the hype is justified? Well, if you're going off of the first show that sold out, what was it, like 10,000 seats uh, building they, they sold out? Yeah. I mean, that in itself tells you a little bit. So that's going to get people excited for the simple fact is that now they're going to Las Vegas for their next one. I'm not sure of the date on that. But um, if they could – sell out in Chicago, they're going to be able to sell out in Las Vegas. Now, I fully believe they will sell out in Vegas. And this next show is is really important because it's going to tell you a lot about the product. I'm sure a lot of stuff's going to come out in, in time about like who's going to be what and where and whatnot. I'm sure they want to get through. I'm sure they're going to get through that show and then they're going to focus on everything else now as of the evidence that i have right now from the one sell off from the first show i'm seeing they got great roster of hungry young individuals hungry you know until they prove me wrong i'm actually going to say that they're heading forward and when the fans are hyping something up that's all we because it means they're going to buy a ticket or buy a pay-per-view. So I just want to say, well, talk to me in two years, kind of on that. And you know what? I'm definitely with you with that. I mean, I don't know if you remember this promotion, but you remember World Wrestling All-Stars that came up right after 
WCW and ECW closed their doors and they were hyping it all up and they had all the biggest stars that didn't get signed uh, during during that uh, after WWF bought WCW and ECW. I mean, you had Sting, you had Bagwell, uh, who who was there, of course, after being released from the WWE, uh, and you had so many other stars. And that was based in Australia. You had Jeff Jarrett and you had a whole a whole legion of other stars. And this thing was hyped up and you had Jerry the King Lawler there doing commentary. I mean, this looked like a legitimate threat. And it fizzled out less than two years. Yeah. Now, I don't want that to happen to AEW. Now, this is the this is where I have to keep reminding people. I want everyone to be successful no matter what. Be successful at what you do. But my my whole thing is the the doubt comes into play is that, okay, yes, All In was a successful magnitude of a show. I mean, it was it made headlines everywhere. But you got to understand that show was also backed by majority of Ring of Honor talent and also also uh, talent talent from New Japan. Here, in this case, you're dealing with uh, talent that were, you know, mostly on the indies, and you had a couple people from ROH jump ship, uh, you know, Scorpio Sky, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and the list goes on and on. Uh, you can look at All In, you can look at Double or Nothing. To me, this is their first show, because that, for All In, for me, that that show was was really I mean you, you had a lot of backing from ROH and uh, New Japan with their talent, but with uh, with this first show coming up with Double or Nothing, this is kind of make a break. I mean the name the name it the name itself speaks for the pay per view. Hey, it's Double or Nothing. Either it's hit or we bust, and you damn sure don't want to bust. And I'm crossing my fingers for for the guys. I, I want them to be successful, and I want this thing to go off uh, w- without a hitch, without anything going off. But uh, you know, I'm all, I'm always optimistic of what's going to happen. I mean, because with with the contracts that that I'm hearing that they're offering, and the medical insurance, which is something that's been spoke about in professional wrestling for years. Hey, get these guys medical. Get these guys medical. Well, now it's actually a reality. Now, to, there used to be the question back in the days that you can uh, that you can uh, ask an up and coming wrestler or, or independent wrestler is is the WWE is that going to be the end all to be all? Is that where you want to be at the end of the day? Now, it's do you want to be at, with AEW or WWE? And I actually am proposing this question to you. Your end all to be all. Where do you want to end up? Well, if I had a choice, you know, I think uh, being a WWF guy, I'd rather go there. And it has nothing to do with AEW. It's just you grow up being a WWF WWE fan. You know, getting to go there would be the would be would be everything. You know, um, now with that, like you're saying. With everything going on with AEW and WWE, AEW is actually going to make new stars. Like, there's a lot of lot of good people and a lot of good guys, a lot of good girls on that show. They're going to make new stars. 
you know, now, now you want to talk about like whose side am I on? I, you know, I, I tell you, be honest with you. I'm not on either side. I want both companies to flourish because the more wrestling companies are there are out there, the more jobs there is for guys and girls. Correct. I mean, the simple fact for one, I'm seeing a lot of fans out there hoping Vince goes out of business or impact goes out of business or wrestling company. If you want to see a wrestling promotion go out of business, you can go fuck yourself. Exactly. You can go fuck yourself because I'm not going to come to wherever they work and hope they could lose their job. Wrestling is a job and people that may not realize that it's a job, you know, they're wanting people to lose their damn job. Like it doesn't mean anything. So people should just sit back and enjoy wrestling. Quit being so goddamn critical with wrestling. Enjoy the fact that we can watch wrestling. If you choose to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, seven days a week, we can watch wrestling every fucking day. If we choose to. I watched wrestling when I was a kid on Mondays and Saturday nights and some Sunday mornings. And that was it. Yeah. Wait <laughs> that, all week. That was it. Literally, you're right. That was I'm I'm glad you brought up that point. The t- today's wrestling fans are so spoiled to to the point that it's like, well, hey, you know what? If this if this company's not not giving me what I want, then you know what? Through them on to the next company, but you know I, I I understand that wrestling is twenty five days, it's twenty five hours a day, eight days a week. But you know, what with that being said, it's like the, there's so many different varieties of wrestling. Why would you want any company to fail? I mean, if you if you have one company fail, guess what? Somebody somebody's either going to get o- oversaturated with talent, or that talent may may not be able to to work. To be able to work at, at another promotion, you know, and that's that, that's happened to to that's happened to a lot of guys, you know, who's who's had a great head of steam behind them, and th- there's one, you know, th- there's just one altercation that happens, and boom, well, hey, I'm not booking because this company said this, and I'm not booking because this company said that, mm-hmm. and uh, to me, I, I I think it's a very very shitty situation. Where, where you have the fans almost like sitting there hoping that they close these doors. Like I, yeah. I remember, I remember when Impact was on the verge of closing down a couple years ago, and everyone was, you know, hey, close close doors. Yes, Vince, go buy the company. Go buy the company. Well, guess what? If Vince buys the company, guess what? I guarantee you this: ten, maybe ten wrestlers get signed. Out of that, out of that 50, 50 or seventy-five wrestler roster, and now, and now, now you have, now you have uh, 40, 40 to uh, 40 to sixty-five wrestlers that that are out of work. And why would you wish anybody to be broke? You know, that's 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 a dangerous situation, a very dangerous situation. That's just today's culture in general, without like. Not wrestling included, but if we're talking wrestling, I mean, like, you know, they, 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 they get mad about it. And I'm never watching it again because someone didn't win that I didn't like. Well, listen here, motherfucker. It's, it's a goddamn story. I just love to see him walk into the fucking movie theater. 
sit down and watch a fucking movie. And if the if the good guy doesn't win in the first twenty minutes, I'm not going to get up and leave. Exactly. I mean, wrestling <laughs> is about two things: good and evil. You need a good guy. You need a bad guy. Remember, the bad guy's got to win sometimes. Someone you like doesn't got to win because if if your guy wins all the time, it ain't gonna mean shit. It's really not. It's like watching John Cena win sixteen titles. Yeah, you know, you 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 look at. Uh, I mean, wrestling. There's a book about. There's a book about how to how to book a wrestling show. It's called the Bible. You got good. You got bad. You know, you, I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to get religious on people. I know a lot of people out there. Your you know, your, your your values and views. That's that's you. But if you look at it, there's a story about a hardship and then a comeback. You know, good will always win in the end. So unless you like heels all the time, and then you may not win all the time. But you know, that's just <laughs> just what you're gonna have to deal with. So. Shit, just people just need to settle down and just let it play out. Because when you get that good payoff at the end, it's going to feel good. You're going to be happy, but no one can ever be happy. No, especially no wrestling. I want something new. I want something new. Damn it! And you give them something new. Oh, damn it! I want something new. You know, you keep giving people new shit. It's like you know, and not to get political here. I know a lot of you know. We all. I won't. Uh, Go a lot of stuff, but remember, remember back in the day when people would always say how much they didn't want a politician, yep, being president. Now we have a polit- We now we have someone that's not a politician being president, and they don't like. Well, there's a lot of reasons why they may not like this guy, but they don't like him because he's not a politician. I have a lot of people that are Democrats be like, "Well, he's not a politician; he don't be in there." So wait a sec. Fifteen years ago, you were on the like you're sick of politician bullshit. So nobody's happy with nothing. I could give someone a hundred dollars and look at me and say, why didn't you give him 101? Exactly. Bunch of fickle fuckers. Exactly. And you know what? Even, even add on to that. You, you can give somebody a hundred dollar bill. Well, well, after you give me change, it's like a yeah. hundred dollars. Take the money and run with it. Yeah. It's just, no one's happy with what it is. And, and that's a, that's a, that's a cultural thing. There's so much to do. There's so much distraction. You know, you know, just people just need to watch it, play it out. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Quit being a twat and bitching about it. it that, that's the thing. What gets me is, oh, I hate it. I hate it. Monday Night Raw. Oh, gosh, I can't stand to watch it. And then that very same person that hated Monday, Monday Night Raw is watching it the very next Monday and tweeting about it. Oh, this is bullshit. Oh, oh, I, I can't believe I'm watching this. Well, you just said last week that you weren't going to watch it. Now you're watching it. Yeah. It's like, make up your damn mind. If you're not going to watch it, don't watch it and just keep keep that shit moving. I'm just like, well, you didn't go watch it? Cool, that's fine. I don't watch wrestling very much today. I do other stuff. I'm so into wrestling. Last thing I want to do is watch wrestling when I'm home. You know? <laughs> So I don't watch wrestling, and this has nothing to do with the, my likes or dislikes for whatever. But if people don't, if you don't like something, don't watch it. I'm not, I don't give a shit. You know? 
It ain't going to affect my life. Or I mean, they got to post on Facebook about it and then get mad when someone gives a opposing opinion about it. I mean, it's fucking wrestling. <laughs> Quit getting fucking mad. And they, they tend to get mad very, very easily. It's like, hey, let's like, look, what, what the next person eats doesn't make me shit. So with that being said, it's like, what you like is what you like. Uh, who am I to change your fucking opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. But uh, the next question, before I go off on a tangent on how fickle wrestling fans can be, uh, big big announcement came out uh, earlier in the week that we're going to have our first women's main event. Uh, a lot of people say that it's overdue, and uh, I'm one of the people that say it's kind of overdue. But with with the type of talent that we have now, with the with the athlete like Ronda Rousey, uh, who's of course a legit badass, uh, and then uh, you, you have Charlotte, uh, who's just picked up the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, and you have Becky Lynch, who is uh, quote unquote the man, uh, you have this major, major pay-per-view going down. Um, first thing I want to know is how do you feel about women main eventing WrestleMania? And the second thing I want to know is who's your pick to win it? Well, um, my opinion on the women is I don't care who's main eventing as long as they draw. They're they're obviously going to draw because they're there because I'm not hearing anything about anything else in wrestling except those three girls. And I don't watch wrestling that often now. I'm not completely up to date with the product, but I hear stuff everywhere and it's all about the girls. And um, it probably is a little bit overdue for it. Um, the girls are simply going to be there because the girls are the draw right now. And that's how it should be. It shouldn't be man, woman or anything. Whoever the draw, who's ever drawn the most money should be the main event at WrestleMania. Absolutely. And, and those three girls are, you know, are kicking ass. Now it's setting up. Now you talk about winning it. Um, anyone out there, you know, they're upset in this. If if Ronda would win or Charlotte would win, they're setting this up for 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 uh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is going to win, I believe, both belts. Now you said they the both two, they got two belts in the match now. Well, yeah. win both well, that's the, that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, pe- people saying it's going to be a unifying of the women's championship. I don't see that. I think I think in my my opinion, what's going to be the end of the show. You're gonna have Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Uh, I think she's gonna either get pinned or, or submitted by by Becky, and we'll we'll have uh, probably a run in by, but by, by the four horsewomen of MMA and the four horsewomen of WWE, and then we have Becky win the match, and you have the four horsewomen holding all the belts. That's the vision that I see, but you know, I don't work there. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not a writer there, but. Who knows? Maybe they have this podcast and maybe they'll run that idea. Well, WrestleMania, the main event is majority of the time to set up for the fans to go home happy. You're not going to want 70,000 people 
rolling out of that building mad and miserable. I mean, hell, they, they did it last year in New Orleans <laughs> with Brock and Roman Reigns. Shit, I was there. But no one was ready for that. I mean, it was a give or take. This one, like, you know, this is going to mean something this year. They need the girls. They need for the girls to, to continue to rock and roll like they're doing. Becky Lynch is going to have to win win the match. She necessarily doesn't have to beat Ronda Rousey because you technically still – you kind of want to protect Ronda Rousey, you know, in the sense of, like, you don't need her to lose. But when, like – yeah, you want to keep her strong for as long as possible because when she finally does, I still think it's too early for Rousey to lose. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that one. Like, Becky Lynch doesn't need to beat Ronda Rousey to be the, the, the top star right now because she's doing it without her, without even having to beat her. She don't need to beat her. They, they, I believe they got Charlotte Flair in that match, so Charlotte could take the pin or the pin and submission. And then Ronda, so they could they could build for another year of this. Yeah, they 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 really could. And uh, you know, initially Becky wasn't even supposed to be a part of the match. It was actually supposed to be Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. That 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 was the plan going forward after WrestleMania 34. That was the plan going forward. And of course, Becky got hot as wildfire, and you had no choice but to throw inside the mix. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but not to the the sit too long on on WrestleMania and things things that things of that nature. Uh, your favorite wrestler, you said, uh, well, the one that gravitated you towards wrestling was Hulk Hogan. Yes. So uh, my my thing is here. What is the Hulk Hogan your, your top Hulk Hogan moment? Am I going to say match your top Hulk Hogan oh, moment? Easy, um, Hulk Hogan. The Rock, WrestleMania, Toronto, Sky Dome. Okay. okay. Favorite match of all time. I will give you that. I will I mean, definitely give you that. I've never seen a match to where people were just losing their shit for two guys not doing anything. At all. Nothing. Just standing in the ring. When Hawk Hogan came in there and he threw Rock off, and I was just actually talking to a friend of mine, Dirty Deacon, earlier. We were just talking about this, this same thing. Hogan threw him off and flexed. P- people went apeshit. Hogan gave him a tackle. People went apeshit. When Hogan made his comeback. Nah, he started hawking up. Shit. <laughs> you know, and, and those guys were good enough, and that wasn't their match that they were going to do. They changed everything on the fly. Yeah. And for people out there that says Hawk Hogan wasn't a good wrestler, you need to watch that match. Grant, who, it, it, yeah, it wasn't technical or, or this or that. It was a fact that they understood how to captivate thousands of people. And they had people screaming. That, that, that WrestleMania was done after that match. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to top that. I've never seen people react to something like that before in my life. And you know, the crazy part about that, that wasn't even the main event. Yeah. Yeah. And no one, 
no, no one after that match could top it. Nobody. I mean, you had you had Jericho and Triple H. You had uh, you had Undertaker and um, Undertaker and Flair. I mean, no one could top that match at all. Period. That ma- I still remember going out that night after that because I watched that match in a Hooters <laughs> in Parkersburg, West Virginia. And I was with my best friend and, a, and another fella. And we went out afterwards and hit a couple honky-tonks or whatnot and just started raising hell. And all I wanted to do was talk about that match the entire night with complete strangers. And I kept talking about that with people over and over again. You know, and I still think of it. I'll still put it on the network today. I'll go back and watch it. It gives me goose pimples. I, dro- I drove by the, the Sky Dome this past weekend, and I look at it, and that's what comes to my mind. Yes, yes. I that, mean. Oh, my gosh. Just, just even thinking about that match, that, that, that match alone, period, to me, actually, actually set, up, set, up the way, set up the way a crowd is supposed to react to a top – to a top tier match like that, I mean, they they tried to replicate it with Cena, Cena, Cena and The Rock, which it was a big ordeal. But Cena and The Rock doesn't hold a candle to Hogan and Rock. Period. No, not at all. Now, no. now your top moment was the Sky Dome, uh, Hogan and Rock. My top moment is when Hogan turned heel and came out as the third man for the NWO. That was a huge. I, I was heartbroken. Oh, you talk about heartbroken. I was pissed. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know, that tells you how big of a rube I was, you know. It was a big mark. You know, he got me. And then I started realizing it. And then I was like, oh, you know what? He's still pretty damn cool. <laughs> and, and he made it cool. To, he made it cool to be to be bad. I mean, well, no, I'll take that back. Scott Hall made it cool to be the bad guy, but Hogan put that big stamp on it because he's always been Mr. Babyface. Yeah, that doesn't work with the people that they were going to talk about. Like it, it works okay with Sting, but it doesn't have the 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 appeal as as Hawk Hogan. Like if you think of Hawk Hogan, you think the ultimate like good guy. Even though he was a bad guy at one time, he at one time in his life. You know, you think of him as the number one draw in the number one company in the world because he was a baby face. He was the greatest baby face. For him to, like, come in and drop a leg, it caught everyone off guard. It was unbelievable. And then seeing the trash <laughs> thrown in the ring. Jesus, what what a moment. And then, and then they hear Mean Gene interview him and Hogan Hogan what what his response his response is classic still to this day as far as I'm concerned mean gene the trash in this ring represents the fans out there and I was I, I was heartbroken like I was heartbroken I literally I, I literally and I remember this still to this day when I seen that and I heard him say that I took my Hogan poster off the wall I rolled it up I put it inside my little toy chest, and it stayed there 
probably for about two weeks once I realized how cool the NWO was. <laughs> the thing is, if you don't have the NWO, we don't have Hogan Rock in WrestleMania because at the time, WrestleMania has gotten stagnant and got a little bit stale. And Hulk Hogan not being a Southern WCW kind of wrestler, but being you know made famous up north, you don't have that great moment if we don't have him turning heel. So it was all in, in, in the greater scheme, you know, it was all destiny. <laughs> it was meant to be. All right. So two more questions here before before I let you go. First all question right. I want to know is the craziest thing that's happened to you on the road on the way to the event. Oh Jesus Christ, how long you got? <laughs> I oh, well, shit. Oh, ah, darn. Well, probably the 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 craziest thing is being attacked by fans. Holy shit! And not really being in the car. I mean, that's a good time. I've been attacked by fans quite a few times, a good bit. So, all right. Parkersburg, West Virginia, like my first year in. Show is over. And we had the back door where the wrestlers would come out. And it was in a city park. And I'm sitting in the back. You know, the match show's over. And I'm waiting on people to leave. So I could go. I could leave. And I see somebody I know. And I stick my head out and I wave at them. You know, and they acknowledge me. And somebody jumps out of a bush and smashes the doorknob the door like smashes me in between the doorknob and, and, you know, in the frame just shoved it on my chest and I bolt out and I hit this dude as hard as I possibly could. And he gets up, he runs away and, and goes right to a payphone and, and calls the cops on me. And I'm losing my mind. I'm screaming at him, cussing at him. I'm tackled by a group of guys because I was ready to go. I was ready to go. This dude smashed a doorknob into my chest. Ouch. So, and I, I go tell the promoter, I said, I'm going to jail tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I may not make the rest of the tour. I'm going to jail. <laughs> so I go out there. The, the guy's sitting there waiting, you know. He's like, I want to put him in jail tonight. Fuck this guy. I hate this piece of shit. Not realizing it is what it is. And uh, the cops like, sir, did you hit him? I said, yeah, I hit him. And he said, why did you hit him? Well, he jumped out of that bush over there and he smashed the door. You know, smashed me in the door when I had my head stuck out. And the cop looks at me and says, would you like to press charges on him for smashing a guy in the doorway? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> and the guy looked at the cop and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, smashing someone in a door is not assault. The cop's like, yes, it is. <laughs> and I start losing my damn mind. I'm like, what's well, fine. Take us to jail. I'll kill. I'll, I'll beat the fuck out of you in jail. I'm just, I'm agitated. You know, my chest was killing me from where he smashed that, you know. And he eventually dropped it, and, and the cop just said, let's get the fuck out of here, both of you. 
So that was scary. The very next week, I'm in a little town in, in, in southern West Virginia, coal, coal mining country, Ronsevert, West Virginia. I'm the promoter comes up to me before the show and he says, look, I want you to go in there and I want you to beat up the, uh, the manager of this bar we're wrestling in. And I was like, what is the rest? Does this manager have any wrestling experience? And he said, Nope. He's just the, the manager. I'm like, I'm gonna have to beat his ass. Cause he don't know what he's doing. So I run in the ring and I, I jump on this, this, all this, this 50 year old man and I'm beating the shit out of him. So I could trust that he could sell for me just beating the shit out of him. And he knew it was coming because I forewarned him, I'm going to have to do this to you. Underneath the bottom rope, a feller hooks my legs and he's trying to pull me under the bottom rope. You know, and I'm looked down and he's trying to stop me. So I turn swiftly like where my chest was facing the top rope. And I reach over to the middle and the top rope and I punch him on top of the head. And this dude just busted open and just started bleeding all over the place. At this moment, I look over and I see a, a, a table of four, of four coal miners that just got off of work. Stand up, covered in soot. Coal dust. And they start walking to the ring. And I'm thinking, I'm going to be dead tonight. I'm going to end up in the bottom of a mine shaft. <laughs> I'm never coming back. By this time, as soon as it does, Henry Godwin, who I was wrestling that night, runs to the ring and starts punching me to say, and he, which he was saving my ass. So he got to me before those coal miners could get to me. Damn, those coal miners were going to fuck you up, guy. They were going <laughs> to hurt me. And I got the back, and I was like, and this was the very next week after punching one fan. So I had a reputation of punching people defending myself but you know some people get mad about that you know and i'm like i don't look go to hit people but if they hit me i'm gonna have to so i had a little reputation like well this guy this guy's in a, this guy assaults fans and he hits fans but uh probably having the the fight fans off probably i've i can actually tell you how many i've hit and i'm not proud of it i've got 16 fans that i've had to hit over my 15 years at least one a year <laughs> you know someone someone didn't get the damn memo so yeah i could keep you all day on those stories bro. well to the fans out there public service announcement it's a work okay these guys are here to work if you don't hit me i'm don't put your hands on the workers you put your mm -hmm. hands on the workers you're getting your ass whooped Mm -hmm. I won't touch you if you don't touch me. And it's that simple. It's that simple. All right, last question here before before I let you go. Top movie of all time, let me hear it. White Men Can't Jump. Classic. Classic. I love this guy. Classic. Wesley Snipes. Woody Harrison. Classic My movie. mom's an astronaut. My mom was too drunk to be an astronaut. <laughs> Loved how they would talk shit through the entire movie. That's how men talk to each other. M me and my friends are awful to each other. We talk down on each other 
and no one gets mad. We are so fucking mean. And, and basically I, I enjoyed talking trash because growing up a white kid in the Appalachian mountains, you were a Larry bird fan because you didn't have a choice, (laughs) you know, but once you got older and realized Larry bird was the greatest trash talker in the history of the NBA. Oh, and then exactly. watch that movie because that's where they kind of made it because they, they wanted Wesley Snipes to be kind of Larry Bird just to talk shit. You know, come in and come in to an LA pickup basketball court and just start schooling people. <laughs> you know, but he couldn't dunk. <laughs> Not until the end of the movie. Not till not till they got it up when he when he when he played the king and the duck. King and the Duck. Yes, yes. My well, favorite scene. My favorite scene from that movie had to been had to been when, when they're playing the pickup game, and uh, one one of the guys loses, and he goes he goes to the convenience store, and he goes to go rob the store, <laughs> and uh, the the store owner calls him by his name. He's like, "No, no, this is not me." It's like, "Oh my god, seriously, <laughs> is that you?" <laughs> Put that gun away. <laughs> Yeah, then, then uh, I'll say the gun. He <laughs> sells the gun. He goes back. He said, "You know what? That's all right. I'm gonna go to my car. I'm gonna get my other gun. I'm gonna shoot shoot the place up." I I completely lost it, and I died laughing. When when he's losing his mind, like, and he's fighting at that that brotherhood tournament, and, and Woody's just being acting an ass. And that guy's excited. He's like, yeah, you know, got the, the big anger problems. So that movie, that movie is fantastic. They said Wesley Snipes really wasn't a good basketball player. Nope. Was it? Said Woody. They said Woody carried a Woody and the extras carried that movie on the basketball scenes. This Wesley Snipes just happened to be a pretty good athlete to make it look good. Yep. You can watch like when he's dribbling, you know, there's something off. Oh yeah, his, his his dribble wasn't wasn't much to be desired, but Woody Woody definitely was the, the better basketball player, and it will always be a cult classic for for myself. I mean, literally, I still have it, and I actually bought it recently on Blu-ray DVD. So I love that movie. I know. I would just love. We going to Sizzla. We going to Sizzla. <laughs> Something about 1990s movies, though, were great because I saw that and then I, I something the other day, uh, The People Under the Stairs came on TV the other day and I sat and watched that. And I was like, I ain't seen that movie in years. So that, that era, the early 90s, the Dream Team era, you know, from 90 to 93, there was no bigger time for me in my life with movies and music and, and whatnot. So, yeah, White Men Can't Jump, favorite of all time. Favorite of all time. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I think I said enough. We definitely know who I am. I'm Mr. Six Foot Nine, JT the Godfather. The voice that you just heard on this podcast is no other than the king of the one night stands, Jock Sampson. And we will see him April 12th and 13th, right here in Cleveland, Ohio, as he goes on to challenge Andrew Palace for the RSW championship 
and I cannot wait to see it. Make sure you get your tickets there live. Hopefully, I'll have my bottle of moonshine getting tore up from the floor up with my man, Jock. But until then, you all be easy, be breezy. And remember, keep your hands off the wrestlers if you don't want to get your ass kicked.